time tick, 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 tucks the ticks out of their hiding spot to bite you and whatnot. So when the sun goes down tomorrow and you didn't protect yourself, don't tell me that I didn't warn you about the plague, about political parasitism in this society. Don't tell me. You didn't know that you're a host organism, that they depend on you. Touche. Bruno, hailing from Brooklyn, is originally from Trinidad and Tobago. She's a student at York College in Queens. This is listener-sponsored WBAI New York. It certainly is. And the time now is 5 o'clock, and it's time for Driving Forces. Stay with us. Welcome to Driving Forces, where we focus on the big issues in city, state, and national politics, the issues that matter to you. I'm Jeff Simmons, and I will be joined shortly by my lovely co-host, Celeste Katz, because I said I wanted to start the show today because we have some interesting guests coming up. Uh, As many of you know, we have uh, focused a bit on the Queens District Attorney's race. So uh, in the show, we are going to bring you the sixth of the seven candidates who've been available to be interviewed on this show uh, in a little while. And we're also going to talk to a political expert who I've known for years. I actually met him, uh, I believe it was during the Elliott Spitzer, David Patterson campaign when Spitzer was running uh, for a governor uh, more than a decade ago. But uh, first, you know, it's, what I wanted to talk about was uh, something that's very important to me. I've been uh, on this show since, uh, since September of last year when Celeste and I launched this. And I have to tell you, this is such a warm, wonderful environment. And for those uh, people who've been listening to WBAI for years, I'm sure that you know, you have found uh, a special show, a special person, someone that you really like to listen to who brings you joy, who also informs you about things or opens up your minds to things that you haven't really thought about before. So, you know, as we started our spring fundraising drive, I thought about this and the impact that, you know, hopefully WBAI has had on you in your lives. And while we will be taking some calls in the second half of the show, you know, what I would love to know, do today is just encourage you, if you've been a longtime listener or even a new listener, uh, to give us a call. Uh, and please pledge today at 516-620-3602. We're trying to raise, here's the number we've come up with, we're trying to raise $7,500 today. And you can help by calling, yep, James just gave me a face, well, you, can, you can help by calling 516-620-3602. I, I recently, knowing that we were uh, building a new soundproof studio right down the hall from us, I upped the amount of money that I give each month. And, uh, you know, and if you are a BAI buddy and you want to go that route, that's great. But what we also thought was that today... We're at 52. We're at 5,200? Yesterday we were over 11. We have a special appearance right now from <laughs> Linda. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. And now a special disappearance. <laughs> special disappearance. But the first few people who do call up and pledge in this hour, uh, mention you're calling because of driving forces. You call 516-620-3602. Pledge even $50. And you're supporting commercial-free uh, WBAI. And you're going to get a special gift. Mention this. It's called I Think You're Wrong, But I'm Listening. This is a book uh, by two authors. I'm smiling because we had such a good conversation. The authors are Beth Silvers and Sarah Stewart Holland. And they host the popular podcast, Pantsuit Politics. So when you're not listening to BAI, you could 
go to your uh, go to an app and get the podcast for Pantsuit Politics, um, because, you know, more than ever, as I'm sure our listeners know, politics seems driven by conflict and anger. Well, Beth and Sarah had joined us on BAI and kind of talked about how you can really communicate, as James, you know, and I do all the time here, even when you disagree on issues. We pass notes during the show, you know, when he highlights things that I'm not even thinking of. Actually, I think James and I do agree. Um, but it is a really great read, and we'd love to be able to send you a copy and thank you for your gift of $50. All you need to do is just call 516-620-3602. And if you do that, we can help bringing on great guests like Beth Silvers and Sarah Stewart Holland on again. So just want to go over to our first guest now, because over the last two months, as I mentioned, we've kind of invited all of the Queens District attorney, uh, attorney candidates on. And uh, we've uh, spoken with five of them. This is the sixth one. And we want to give all equal time on our show. So today we're going to bring you the uh, seventh interview. But first, we're going to start off with our expert, Patrick Jenkins. Patrick has more than 15 years of experience in, in community relations, government administration, and public policy. He founded Patrick B. Jenkins and Associates in January of 2009, and he co-founded Distinctive Public Affairs in 2010. Uh, Patrick started in government and community relations in the city controller's office. That's actually where I had worked before serving uh, for a number of years as an executive assistant to a Queens uh, member of U.S. Congress. Patrick, welcome to Driving Forces. Hi, Patrick. Do we have Patrick on the line? Sorry, can you hear me ah, okay? I've got you now, Patrick. It's there we go. It's great Sorry to connect that. with you. <laughs> so uh, when I reached out, well, first of all, I, I read a bit about your bio. Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners about your political expertise and where it comes from? Well, no, I mean, I, I mean, it's pretty, pretty good read. I mean, I, um, you know, like you said, worked in Congress, worked for the city. I, I did some work for the state as well. And you know, now I have a government relations firm and public relations firm that does work in both Albany and New York City. So, I mean, and you've worked with a number of candidates, so you're deeply plugged into Queens politics. What are the issues right now that are mattering to most voters there? Sure. Um, I'm actually a district leader in Queens as well, So, and I've been involved with the Queens organization for a long time. And in Queens, as in is everywhere, um, especially when it comes to district attorneys, we're concerned about restorative justice and over-policing and and um, and unfairness across the board. I think that uh, uh, D.A. Brown uh, ran a very conservative office, uh, heavy on uh, arresting first and asking questions and prosecuting first and asking questions later. And we're looking, you know, the people of Queens, uh, particularly in neighborhoods and communities like mine in Southeast Queens, we're looking for a fairer system. Uh, a system that recognizes the economics uh, uh, that are involved. And uh, we're looking forward to um, a district attorney that is very progressive in their point of view, uh, that's looking to um, be more helpful and to be more compassionate as opposed to uh, someone who is um, thinking of prosecuting first and in, in, in asking questions later. So, you know, that's one of my questions had been like the move towards, you know, everyone positioning themselves as the most progressive with the seven candidates right now, who's standing out and why? Well, I think, you know, the, the top four candidates, I think, are, are um, Melinda Katz and uh, Roy Lansman and Tiffany Caban 
and Greg Lazak. And I think that, um, you know, the other three candidates, I think, have a ways to go. But, uh, you know, I think we have four four people who have uh, a combination of experience and uh, some have a, a name recognition, understand the political process of getting elected, um, but also have a pretty good viewpoints on how to approach uh, communities, uh, particularly communities of color. As you know, Queens is the most diverse county in the country, in the world, actually. And, yeah, and something that you said at the outset about uh, D.A. Brown, uh, about him running a very conservative office, what you know it made me think of was about how when Joe Biden came out and took direct aim at President Trump and kind of tried to position himself as the you know best person to beat Trump, are you seeing this race more as a test as uh, you know competing against D.A. Brown's record to say this is what I'm going to do differently, or are you seeing it more where they're challenging each other to say I'm the best of these seven candidates? Well, I, I think one their challenge it I think it's a challenge of being the best candidate, but also um, a reflection of what's happening in in neighboring boroughs. I mean, um, uh, both both the Bronx and Brooklyn have new DAs who are uh, doing very progressive things and uh, and very good restorative justice efforts. And I think that Queens, uh, people in Queens recognize, recognizes that these things are going on and, um, and, and they want to see uh, district attorneys who are more understanding of communities, understanding of economics, and also uh, holding police as accountable as they're holding citizens in in the borough. And uh, I think that that is happening in Brooklyn and in the Bronx, and it's the type of thing that people in Queens want to see as well. Yeah, and you mentioned Greg Lasak. He's going to be our our next guest up. How would you uh, characterize the way he's uh, run his campaign? Well, you know, look, Greg, uh, for one, he's he's a good man, and and, uh, I've known him quite a long time, and when he was in the DA's office, uh, I, I worked with him uh, in my role in Congress and just in terms of networking and talking about uh, some of these restorative justice efforts. And so, um, but, he, but, he, but he's also uh, from that office. I think he understands it uh, well, and, um, but I think he understands the times. And it's not, you know, as a person who grew up in South Jamaica in the late 80s and early 90s, uh, times have changed since then. And, uh, and so, you know, I think that He's a strong candidate because he's a good person and, and he understands these communities. He's a, you know, he's a Queens guy. So. And uh, this uh, Sunday, coincidentally, on Roosevelt Avenue, I happened to run into uh, uh, Melinda Katz was having an endorsement rally where uh, Bronx Borough President uh, Ruben Diaz Jr. was out there and uh, uh, Francisco Moya. Uh, was out there endorsing her. How important are endorsements? Like, which ones are mattering in this election? Well, I, you know, endorsements, uh, I think the endorsements matter to the extent that those folks put uh, finances or people behind their names and put them out uh, to generate a vote. Um, but, you know, Melinda has a tremendous relationship with the entire borough, and um, she's very familiar with the borough. Uh, she's also very familiar with government. She's worked up and down, you know, in the city council, in the city level, in the state level. And I think she has garnered a tremendous amount of respect um, um, for her point of view. And I think that when you look at someone who's worked with every ounce, every inch of the borough, someone who's worked, who's worked with community groups in the borough and 
worked with elected officials in the borough, worked with law enforcement in the borough, I think that gives Melinda the leg up um, because she has that level of familiarity and um, she's extremely smart uh, and she's ex- extremely astute. Uh, when you look at her community, her community represents more of what Queens is about. I think it's uh, something to think about it. as much as we are in a progressive movement. If you look at the latest race that took place, um, a Republican won Queens in the public advocates race. So there is a mixture of a, a high level of conservatism, uh, particularly in South Queens. And um, that has so having that balance and having that understanding of the boroughs, I think, is extremely important. Now, my next question, Patrick, will show you that I really read to the end of the New York Times or near the end of the New York Times stories, especially over the weekend. And I happen to notice I'm moving over to another topic now. Okay. I happen to notice that you are one of the consultants uh, who are part of the effort to take aim at Mayor de Blasio's plan to eliminate the entrance exam to the city's specialized schools like Stuyvesant and Bronx High School Science. And then I went and looked this up. So, of course, I'm getting a lot of posts now on Facebook. Uh, it's right. called uh, Education Equity Campaign. Tell me a little about that and what the concern is about the mayor's plan. Well, I think what the, the mayor's plan um, starts off by eliminating the test and, and putting – uh, I think it starts with the top 3% and graduates to the top 5 and then the top 7% of every junior high school uh, in in the city uh, eligible to enter into specialized high school. And um, where, you know, I've been concerned about this a long time, and I think if you were to go back on my Twitter feed, I've talked about school segregation uh, for a long time. Uh, it's been long the problem that we've had the most segregated school system in America, in New York City. And um, I think that this, this fight over these three schools has become a proxy fight um, and, not really address, and it's not really addressing the real problem, which is there is a very, uh, there's a huge imbalance in uh, the operations of our junior high schools or all our schools in the system. And um, to scrap the test, to me, uh, sends a message that we need to get rid of a test that certain people can't uh, take advantage of or can't pass to get in, and that's just not true. I think what's missing is the preparation. Um, If you look at uh, our campaign, we want every kid in the eighth grade to take the test. Make it mandatory. You can opt out if you want, maybe. But take, let every kid take the test, and then let's get a real assessment of who's eligible to attend the specialized high schools. Couple that with uh, expanding the number of specialized high schools. Why is there only eight? Um, There should be a a larger number. And to also take a look at it in such a way where um, we should improve or expand gifted and talented programs um, across this city. Um, When I was in junior high school, I'm I'm born and raised. I live in the house that I I grew up in. Uh, we had uh, something called SP and ISP in our junior high school, and that was across the board in, in many junior high schools as opposed to the singular training programs, the gifted and talented programs that now exist in a small number of schools. When you look at the test, only a quarter of the kids take the test, and that's not a fair sample. I would argue that some kids are even steered away from taking the test, and that's something that needs to change before we even grab the test and change the dynamics uh, and and actually maybe possibly stigmatize young people as they enter these schools. Where do you see this going? Do we see an easy solution in the next few months, or do you expect this to be more of a long-term battle? 
Well, I mean, look, this is this has happened over a long term. I mean, uh, you twenty years ago, uh, the schools were fifty percent uh, black and Latino. So this has happened over time. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in quick fixes to anything. In fact, in, in our education system in New York City, I think quick fixes has been what's hurt our education system uh, uh, overall. When you're trying to do renewal schools or pro schools or this new gadget or this new gig. It, it, it doesn't work, and I think if we need to look, we need to look at processes that work um, around the country uh, that are not existing here. We spend the most money of any education system in the country, it might be in the world, in New York, in New York, and we're ranked 31st in, in achievement, and that's just not that's not a good return on your investment as a taxpayer. So, Patrick, we've got just about two minutes left before we uh, call our next guest to get him on the line. I just want to come back to the DA's race. Uh, uh, I've mentioned, you know, we've interviewed uh, five of the candidates. We have a six on today, and the seventh was on another BAI show. We've tried to give equal time to all the candidates here. Uh, We're less than two months uh, before primary day on June 25th, but I don't think I've heard a Republican name surfacing at this point um, you know, why have you, is there, you know, is there a movement to nominate a Republican candidate for the seat? I don't think so. I think that one, um, it would be a waste of funding, but the, the other, the other side of that is, uh, it's just not the trend and we're, we're pulling away from, um, um, you know, a Republican trying to run on stay tough on, tr- on crime, death penalty, um, uh, penalize or criminalize things like uh, jumping the turnstile or marijuana possession. We're heading in a different direction, and I think a Republican would have to distance themselves from that party's base platform in order to do it. Great. And as we close, Patrick, how can people learn more about you and your firm? Oh, sure. Uh, www.patrickbjenkins.com. That's be as in beautiful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or also as uh, one of the letters of WBAI. Yeah, one of the letters of WBAI. And, and you can find a lot out about my firm there and my team. And, uh, you know, we enjoy working here in New York and trying to bring about positive change uh, for or for communities and for people uh, who, who seek our assistance in trying to get problems solved. Great. Patrick Jenkins, thank you so much for joining me here on WBAI. Anytime, Jeff, of course. Take care. So, as I said to Celeste before, I really wanted to take this interview on my own, and she's been itching to talk this whole time. Celeste. I'm so glad to see you, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here on Driving Forces, WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live on WBAI.org. So, interesting discussion with uh, Patrick there, and somebody certainly that I've known for a long time. Uh, he must be uh, he must be thanking his lucky stars that I wasn't uh, I wasn't on the air to bug him about the Queens DA race. But uh, interesting, interesting time to uh, to be looking at politics, right? And, and of course, now to be listening to WBAI. So uh, we started off the show talking about one of the books, and also about you know I. I talked about what I love about working at the station here, at volunteering at the station here, excuse me, because right. also, even if it was work, it's not work to me. I love doing this. And obviously, the biggest part of that is hanging out with me, right? <laughs> no, it's all wrong. It is hanging out with James. 
obviously. So I do want to remind our listeners uh, that, as we said at the outset, or talked about at the outset, uh, and Linda, gave, uh, James, correct me, she said we raised about 5,200 so far. That's we're, what you said, yeah. We're, yeah. we're trying to get to 7,500 today, so we are getting close. I see, like, the finish line is ahead. Celeste taking a wad of cash out of her purse right now. Actually, yes. some has already come in. Uh, really, during yeah. the program? We, yeah, during the program. There were three. There, there's two 55s and a 150. Great. I want. Are we? Do we have their names to thank them? Or? The, the only thing about the names is it, it, the way they came in, there is no mention of whether they want their names okay. mentioned or not. So I always, I always don't mention it when there's no... So when we, know, when we know, we will thank on subsequent shows. But if you would like to call, if you are at home and you l- enjoy listening to WBAI, it doesn't just have to be our show because, frankly, we had a staff meeting the other night and I was able to meet and Celeste was able to talk with a number of the other hosts that we listened to and, and it was great to see them in person. Uh, if you know you have a favorite show and you want to donate, that would be fantastic. The number to donate is at 516-620-3602. Absolutely. And it's very easy to make a donation online, too. All you have to do is go to WBAI.org. We even have a special platform you can go to, Give2. That's the number to WBAI.org. Or you can even just text WBAI to 41. 41- Four four four. That's text WBAI to four one four four four. Please support listener-supported community commercial-free radio. This is uh, this is where you can come to to uh, check out uh, guests like Patrick Jenkins. We've had some really great guests on. As a matter of fact, I was going through the other day as I was looking at uh, as I was looking at our sort of history. As Jeff mentioned, Driving Forces has been on the air since September, and we've had a chance to have some really great guests. Some guests uh, that you know from the national stage. We've had uh, former Governor Howard Dean, the former uh, head of the Democratic National Committee. We've also had a lot of people that you know right from uh, here in the city, obviously, uh, Melissa Mark Viverito, um, uh, Councilman Rafael Spinal, uh, former city council, two for actually two former city council speakers, Melissa Mark Viverito and Christine Quinn. Um, lots of people who know about what's really going on in the city are brand new public advocate, Jumani Williams. We covered that race uh, from, uh, from start to finish. We even uh, had live election results that night. And that's the kind of thing that we really want to keep bringing you here on WBUB. And to do that, we need your help. 516-620-3602. This is non-corporate, non-commercial radio. And we really want to keep covering local politics, local news for you. I think we've all heard about, unfortunately, the uh, problems that we've been seeing, the erosion of coverage of local news, coverage of local issues. Even right here in New York, the biggest and best city in the world, we see that we're starting to become a local news desert. You can help us keep that from happening 516-620-3602 516-620-3602 we are trying to raise $1,200 today before 6 p.m. now $1,200 now look look how many people we have uh, living here we have millions and millions of people here in New York a lot of them rely on uh, listener supported public radio if you think about it uh, even if you give a pledge of $60 okay maybe that's $2 a day our pledge drive runs through the month of May $2 a day what do you spend on coffee what do you spend on chips 
chips at lunch? Um, what do you spend on? Uh, what do you have in the uh, in the uh, cushions of your sofa? Five one six six two zero three six zero two. Your generous donation helps us build out this awesome, awesome new master control studio that we are uh, preparing. We are almost over the finish line, but we really need your help. Five one six six two zero three six zero two. We are running the more than Mike's campaign where people who donated 50 bucks would have the chance to be entered into a contest to actually come in and see this new studio which is beautiful which is soundproof which does not have equipment that is five times older than I am making it <laughs> 500 years old I'm trying to do the math on no, that 5,000 years old <laughs> uh, so um, we really do need your help and we really appreciate your help because you know what Jeff and I are volunteers here a lot of the people that you listen to on a lot of your favorite shows uh, especially a lot of our public affairs programming that you listen to during these, uh, this 5 o'clock hour every day. Um, 516-620-3602. 516-620-3602. You can even call up and say you want to become a BAI buddy in the name of our show right here. This is Driving Forces. I'm Celeste Katz here with Jeff Simmons. So, uh we spoke to Patrick Jenkins yes. a little earlier about yes. the Queens District Attorney's race and said that we were going to have on a candidate. So uh, speaking of those elections, we're going to go on to our next guest, Greg Lasick, a candidate for Queens District Attorney. He's a lifelong Queens resident, grew up in Woodside and now is a Richmond Hill resident. And he rose through the ranks of the DA's office. He was named chief of the Homicide Bureau, then executive assistant in charge of major crimes. And he was a prosecutor for 25 years uh, before moving over to the New York State Supreme Court. Welcome to Driving Forces. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I think Pleasure I, to be here. I think I got a lot of your bio out there, but is there anything I have not mentioned that you want to talk about that differentiates you from the other candidates? Well, obviously my experience, I just left the uh, Supreme Court judgeship, which I was reelected to in 2017, another 14-year term and when I left I was the deputy administrative judge of Queens County criminal term which is the number two judge in the criminal term and during that time I presided over many notorious homicide cases two of the uh, ones I wanted to mention were the murder of police officer Brian Moore in the 105th precinct a few years ago and the murder of the imam and his assistant on a Saturday afternoon on Liberty Avenue and 79th Street while they were walking back from services. They were both murdered by a lone gunman, and uh, I, I presided over the trial of his case, and he was uh, convicted by a jury in front of me. So and in the DA's office, I tried personally tried many, many cases and uh, tried the murder of police officer Scarangella and the murder of uh, Laura Ann Evelyn, who was a 17-year-old honor student who was attacked on the roof of her building at Rochdale Village and was thrown off the roof and killed. And so, I tried many other cases like that. So tell us a little bit about how, uh, having been involved in those cases, presiding over cases like that, affect your view of how the Queens District Attorney's Office should work and uh, what would you do a lot differently from what's been done in the past? Obviously, we've had a very long tenure uh, by our previous district attorney. What, what, what would be something new that you would bring to the office? Well, I would 
I'll rearrange the personnel because I think there's too many people uh, handling minor cases. I think we have to give young people a second chance or even third chances when they uh, commit a minor offense because once a young person gets saddled with a criminal record, it's very difficult for them to get a good job or get into a good school. So I would increase the diversion programs that we created back in the early 90s, and I would increase them and increase the uh, treatment courts. You know, I sat when I first uh, was elected to the Supreme Court in a drug treatment part for about eight, eight to the ten months, and uh, it was a great experience because you had a one-on-one relationship with the defendants in front of you, and every one of those young people that we saved was a, was a victory as far as I'm concerned because we're losing too many of our young people to the criminal justice system, and that has to stop. We have to stop that school-to-prison pipeline. So I think the culture of an office is also important. So how would you characterize the culture of the Queens District Attorney's Office under Richard Brown, and how would your, you know, the environment be different or even the same under you? Well, when Judge Brown came in, he, he made, you know, good changes, and he hired some good people like Barbara Underwood, who was the Attorney General for a period of time before Letitia James was elected, and uh, people like that set the tone in the office, and and as time passes, that's why they have term limit laws, I guess, uh, people that stay in the same position inside the office for too many years. Some of them are very good, but sometimes they get a little, uh, I don't want to say the word, but stale. Sometimes they have to be re-energized, and changing personnel sometimes would help to re-energize the office. So as we've had uh, the candidates on, we've asked them uh, some of the same questions because we really want our listeners to know where they stand. We've found commonalities, but just want to pose a few quick issues over to you uh, about the uh, legalization of marijuana, recreational marijuana. How do you feel about that? Well, I don't feel strong about it either way. Um, I'm not opposed to legalization as long as there's proper regulation and uh, you know, profits from that industry go into the uh, the neighborhoods. And do you, how do you feel about the uh, the prosecution of lower level drug offenses in general? There's been obviously a trend away from from what we saw during, say, the the Rockefeller drug law days, where people were getting uh, were getting put in prison for quite a long time for relatively small infractions, uh, related specifically, of course, to possession, not so much distribution. When I left the bench in uh, September and started running, one of my first points was to make it clear that I will divert and decline to prosecute low-level drug offenses because, as I said before, we get too many young people caught up in a criminal justice system, and they need help. They need programs. So I'm all for diverting and declining to prosecute those minor offenses. You're listening to WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live at WBAI.org. Jeff Simmons and Celeste Katz here on Driving Forces. We're talking to Greg Lasek. He is a candidate for Queens District Attorney. So, uh, candidate, one of the questions, you know, we've also posed to our guests is about the future of Rikers Island. So I'm just curious where, what, where you stand on that. And if you favor its closure, what you think should happen to the facility? 
Well, I think we have to straighten out this. The violence in that island is terrible. It's dangerous for the inmates. It's dangerous for the correction officers. But I am opposed to putting these 30-story jails in our communities. They do not belong in our communities. Right now, there are two facilities on Rikers Island that used to house 3,200 prisoners, I believe, and they are vacant. If they can't be refurbished into modern uh, facilities with uh, amenities for the inmates, then I would suggest that they be knocked down and rebuild new state-of-the-art facilities with all the amenities that would make life easier on that island for the inmates and for the correction officers. But still keeping still keeping all the facilities I'm, on Rikers Island as opposed to moving to a community jail system. That's correct. And as I said, the two facilities are there. If they can't be refurbished, I would knock them down and then, you know, put state-of-the-art facilities there and then knock down whatever facilities would be remaining and make those state-of-the-art facilities as well. And because it's not, that's not a good place. They always, don't belong in our neighborhoods. Always just curious about it, but okay, if you want to, and I understand because obviously when you start talking to people about putting that kind of a facility in a neighborhood, you get a lot of pushback the same way you might with a, uh, a drug treatment facility or a group home facility, halfway house facility, I understand that. But knocking stuff down and building quote-unquote state-of-the-art new uh, buildings on Rikers Island, what do you think that's going to run us and who's going to pay for it? Well, according to the mayor's plan, and I may be, be mistaken, the cost of what they want to do with these four facilities in the different counties is going to cost $33 billion. $33 billion. Doing it on Rikers Island would cost a lot less, a lot less. That money can be used for other things such as refurbishing apartments and the housing authority. That's too much money. Number two, they talk about the fact that they want the prison to be accessible to the families of the inmates. But I believe in Queens right now, one-third of those cases that are pending, the residents are not Queens residents. They're from other parts of the city. So that's one-third of those cases. And the other thing is that they have now changed their plan. They want to put all the, the female uh, prisoners in Queens County, which would defeat the purpose of putting them in the neighborhoods because all the females would be in Queens. So that's not helping those inmates whose families live in the Bronx or Manhattan or Brooklyn. That actually and might be. I also understand they want to put the infirmary mm. in Queens, and I would show that that really is against their uh, idea to help the uh, jails be more accessible to the neighborhoods. Since you brought up uh, that there are obviously not only uh, male but female inmates on Rikers Island, and certainly this is not something that's limited by gender, but another thing we did want to ask you about in terms of being district attorney is uh, about what are your thoughts on the legalization of sex work? That's something that people have been talking about a lot here uh, throughout the course of the campaign. Well, I believe sex workers need to have programs accessible and need to get the help that would be required to get them out of that life. I would not be prosecuting sex workers. I would be going, again, against the human traffickers. 
those are the people that I would be prosecuting. So uh, we've got just about a minute or two left. You know, one of the things I think about having worked on campaigns and also followed campaigns is how often candidates say things like, you know, on day one, everything changes. On day one, this is what I'm going to do. Or in, our, or, or in our first 100 days, here's all the things I'm going to do. What would be, you know, your first priority, you know, from day one when you I would step into that office? First priority would to start building bridges between the courthouse and the communities because a lot of our young people look upon the courthouse as a, a foreboding structure where their friends go in there in the morning and they don't see them again. They go, go into prison. I want to get rid of that concept. I want to set up camps in the summertime for the kids to come. Uh, I've already put out a proposal. I'm going to hire 18 community ADAs, one for each of the assembly districts, to set up liaisons with the precincts community councils, all the various community leaders. So I want to be able to hire people from all the communities to become ADAs or investigators or get them interested in criminal justice work, such as a police officer or a correction officer. But since we're running out of time, one of the things I wanted to state was one of the most things I'm proud of my time in the DA's office was I exonerated about 20 men who were wrongfully arrested, indicted, or convicted for crimes they did not commit back in the 90s. Now, so are you, are you ever... endorsed by the Innocence Project? They I can't endorse. Yeah, I, I see. I see. see yeah, uh, some, yeah, some positive I mention did. of the Innocence Project on your uh, on some of your literature. Um, yeah, I did a lot of work with Barry Sheck, and he included me in the in that book that they wrote with uh, Jim Dwyer. Ah, and I was doing that co- on my colleague. own. So, uh, oh, I was going to say a former colleague of mine. So as we wrap up, please let our listeners know how they can learn more about you and your campaign. All right. We have a website at www.greglasak.com, and they could find out all about our campaign there. Great. Thank you. Greg Lasek, candidate for Queens District Attorney. It's been a pleasure to have you here with us today on WBAI. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak to your listeners. You have a nice day. You too. So just to recap for our listeners, the uh, if you live in Queens, uh, the Democratic primary is on Tuesday, June 25th. That's less than two months from now. And, of course, we will invite the winning candidate on the show. Because that'll be that Thursday. Absolutely, how convenient! <laughs> I mean, see, that's the look. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't get this anywhere. You're going to have uh, literally beginning to end, cover to cover, uh, coverage of the Queens DA race, just as we had with the public advocate race. And that is another thing that's really special about WBAI, which is why, of course, you should call this number. And I hope you're writing it down: five one six. Six two zero three six zero two. Put it in your phone. Call it all the time. That is our pledge line. We could uh, we could more than use your help to keep all of our programming going here, so that we can cover local elections like this. Because government accountability really really matters, and WBAI is one of the best places to get it. So now we come to James's favorite part of the day. The when part where he, I sing? Wait, no. no, where he gets to work his fingers to the bone because we are now going to take the listener phone call. So the lines are open at 212. 
212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. Another favorite part of my day is uh, announcing how much uh, money has come in during your show so far. And that adds up to $335, including... Uh, a contribution by Stu Stewart from Brooklyn and two from uh, Central Park West and one from the Great Borough of Brooklyn. So that's thank where you. we stand so far. Thank that's you. Fantastic. Thank you very much. We are uh, we are trying to uh, reach a goal this hour. We are trying to get uh, $1,200 to come in this hour. Again, the number 516-620-3602, 516-620-3602. And uh, Jeff was mentioning earlier that we have some copies of a book by uh, two women who were guests on our program that uh, run the popular podcast, Pants to politics right and the book is called but i don't i think you're wrong I think but you're i'm wrong, listening which is sort of sums up my relationship with jeff completely no. <laughs> but uh you know again 516-620-3602 we had a great conversation with uh with those two authors they don't always agree on everything and that's a lot of what happens with our listeners as well but you know what we love to hear from you we love to hear you call in we love to be able to provide you a place where you can express you know any viewpoint within reason, of course. You know, let's keep it up. This is a family station, not only uh, commercial free and listener supported, but uh, we keep it clean. But we have uh, one more, uh, uh, one more thing I just want to mention real briefly. And I see the call board is lighting up. Five one six six two zero three six zero two. I just want to say that we have a number of copies from another guest that's been on our show. Uh, we have copies of a brand new book that's out from. Brookings Institution Press. It's called Divided Politics, Divided Nation, Hyperconflict in the Trump Era. Now, first of all, we all love to read about Trump. We all love to talk about Trump. So this is a book that is written by a guy named Daryl West, and he is vice president for uh, governance studies, I believe, at Brookings. He also does a lot with uh, the think tank over there. But as it also happens, this isn't just a book about politics. This is a personal memoir by Professor West, and I call him that because he was actually a teacher of mine. He's had this incredible life story, and so he's talking about the intense politics of our age through his own lens, through his own experience. He grew up as a fundamentalist Christian, for real, on a dairy farm in an extremely conservative rural part of Ohio. And then he went on to become a professor at one of the most liberal universities, uh, not only on the East Coast, but on the planet. And he has been generous enough to give us some autographed, autographed copies of this book. One of them can be yours. Just give us a call, 516-620-3602, or just go to WBAI.org and click the donate button. We should have him on the show this month. As a matter of fact, we are having him on the show this month. And as a matter of fact, we already had him on the show this month. But it's, you know, it's just incredible. If you think about it now, just for $60, $60, again, that's less than $2 a day, considering that I'm hedging it a little bit because the fund drive, I think, technically started yesterday. No, actually, two days ago. So less than $2 a day. You can support community radio, non-commercial, non-corporate programming, 516-620-3602. Help us stay on the air with all the great programs and especially the dulcet voice of Jeff Simmons. (laughs) And our engineer, James, who, by the way, by the way, I will add, and then we're taking your calls. James has a program of his own, two programs of his own. One twice. One twice. 
twice. One, yeah, well, but I've listened to it both times. So. But that's <laughs> the, but that's the awesome thing. See, James is in here as our engineer, but he also brings us beautiful, a brilliant musical program. The man is is a, a noted music historian who is now taking your calls at 212-209-2877. And we have somebody on the line. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where you're from? Thank you very much. I'm a BAI supporter. I like I you well. already. Yes, and I really enjoy your show because it's very informative and you're very um, scholarly and assiduous and um, tenacious. I would like to say that the last um, gentleman that was running for, he's running for Queens DA or Queens? Queens DA. Queens Advocate? Queens DA. DA, yes. Now, this gentleman was with Barry Shack, which is, is very progressive, you know. And um, so his name is Lace. How do you say his name? Greg Lasek. L-A-S-A-K. Okay. Now, let me just say, he was commenting about Rikers Island, which is interesting. I have spoken to a number of developers and people that um, just happened to speak with them, and they said that the reason why they want to get those prisons off of Rikers Island, you might have heard, is because they they have a big deal pending to sell that to a huge developer. Did you hear that? Well, there's always a question of what's going to happen with yeah. these properties and whether, well, there's always a bunch of questions about it, whether they can use a uh, property that's being used for some public function and, right. uh, you know, get rid of it, make a ton of money off of it, move that activity somewhere else. But then there's also right. the question of, okay, once you make that money, you still have to do this job. You still have to have, you know, until right. we have a perfect society, right? And we have to put prisoners somewhere. We have to have people held somewhere, and nobody wants it in their neighborhood. So that's right. that's the kind of the 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 war we're always at with ourselves. Yes, but Miss Miami, just add. Um, sure. The thing is about that, they they use that somewhat as a fig leaf, perhaps, because they really are pushing their number one. The, could you imagine Rikers Island, the yeah. luxury island? Just for luxury places, you know, because you realize Bloomberg, when he was in office, sold off a whole number of public buildings for pennies on the dollar. He could have got much more money for them. But it's always these behind-the-scenes deals that I'm always um, watching for, I'm always researching for, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you'd heard that, but could you imagine Rikers Island, the luxury island? <laughs> that It'll is be a... something, right, with a bridge to Rikers Island. <laughs> yes, thank you. And that would definitely oh, be, that would be something. Thank you so much yeah. for, your, for your call. I am, yeah, I'm trying to conjure up an idea of, uh, of beautiful Rikers Island, one and two bedroom condos available now. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, don't call that number. Call this number, 516-620-3602. Your money is much better spent supporting listener-supported commercial-free WBAI. We have more callers coming in. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you from? Yeah, how you doing? My name is BAI supporter from Rosedale, Queens. Oh, my God. A BAI supporter from Rosedale, Queens. I like you, you already, too. Thank you for yeah, your support. I, I just had a question. You yeah. Had, you, 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 so far, you've had an array of uh, candidates for the district attorney's office for the election in June. I just wondered why you didn't ask Mr. Lasik about his views on prosecutorial misconduct and police brutality and, and, the, and the, the incestuous relationship between the police and the DA's office and how he would address that. I've heard you ask other candidates that, and I just was curious why you didn't ask him those, those questions. Cause that, yeah, that's an issue that I'm concerned about. 
Oh, no, and certainly it is, is an issue that we, we want to talk about and that we do talk about on WBAI. I think if you've listened to uh, our interviews with the different candidates, as you say, and, and as a BAI supporter, I think you have. We don't always ask exactly the same questions to every single candidate, depending on time. But that is definitely a very, very legitimate question. And is that, is that something that is sort of the top issue for you in this, in this contest? Yeah, specifically based on personal experience with, uh, with, with the criminal justice system mm-hmm. and, and, and years of protesting as far as uh, especially prosecutorial misconduct. I mean, the DA office has no checks or balances when it comes to some of the actions that they perform. And a lot of their prosecutions are politically motivated, are police motivated, uh, especially their, 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 like I said, their incestuous relationship with the police department mm-hmm. because they need the cops to give them to, to give them the evidence to make to make the conviction so they can improve their records and uh and their aspirations i'm not saying all of them are bad but i'm saying that we that needs to be addressed there's a move in our belief to address prosecutorial misconduct and i and when i get a chance if i see a, a candidate running for district attorney's office especially in queens where i live i, I ask them that question i want to know where they stand on that uh, I'd appreciate it if in the future you did ask that question, because I've heard you ask it before, and I was just curious as to why you didn't address this candidate as far as with that. And, and, it's that a good, and that's a good point. And I, you know, I should have gotten to that. I just did not this time, and I really appreciate it. And I also want to thank you uh, because you've listened to all of these uh, these interviews, and we've tried to invite all the candidates on. And I was actually heartened when I couldn't get the final candidate on to find out she was on in one of our other BAI shows. So glad that she they made a point of being on WBAI. So, and again, we do really, uh, we do really appreciate your support. And it's always nice to hear from people who are calling in again, our number 212-209-2877-212-209-2877. We have somebody on the air, WBAI, what's your name, uh, where are you from, and what do you like about WBAI? <laughs> because you know what, this is, I'm getting excited to hear that people are excited about the station. I really am. Uh, Jay from Rockland. Hey, Jay, so what's up? Yeah, you, you guys are great. I mean, it's great that there's, there's always diverse people, and you guys really, um, you know, you guys ask real questions, and you guys have some great people. I was just wondering, do you, um, you know, if people come in there, do you actually have, like, a camera where you can film this stuff and put this on, like, a YouTube channel or your Twitter or your Instagram and kind of build that? Because, you know, I talk to my friends, and I don't know if they know WBII, like, you know, some people who are into politics and really, like, care about issues. I mean, everyone has a life and everyone has things, but a lot of friends they don't know. So can you put possibly get a camera in there and get these people, like the guy who was on today running for the DA office in Queens, he sounded great. And he sounded, you know, obviously he sounded great. He has a lot of experience and he, he went through all this stuff to realize that a lot of these problems you know, he wants to change. So mm-hmm. if there was a video of him that you can put on Instagram or Twitter or something or even a YouTube channel, do you, do you have those things? Well, we do have we do have a number of options for you. And first of all, thank you for uh, for your kind words about WBAI. Uh, we really, really yeah. appreciate them. So we do have a couple of options for uh, those of you who are looking to, if you miss part of a show or if you want to catch up, if you want to hear something again. Now, Jeff and I look best on radio. So we generally <laughs> keep it to uh, 
to sort of camera for you occasionally, but we do sometimes have people in studio. We I, had Councilman I used to be on TV, so come on. I know, and now you're in radio, so what does that tell you? Guys, call in, give us some help here, 516-620-3602. Help us keep... But, help us keep... But, 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 no, I do want to raise one point before we go to the next yes, call. Yes. I love the idea. I do. Uh, because I know that this also happens with uh, John Kane. Yeah, John Kane. Talk, uh, talk back with John Kane. That's another... That's the program that that's directly streams. before us. He does. But if you do... If you do want to check out a program, if you missed, you can not only go to WBAI.org right after the show, but you can follow us on SoundCloud. Just search for Driving Forces uh, on WBAI. You can also check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and any platform where you usually listen to podcasts. In fact, I would strongly suggest that if you want to, uh, if you want to make me even happier than I am now with all these good compliments, subscribe to our feed so you can really get a chance to, if you happen to miss a show, catch up and stay with us because we follow these issues absolutely to the end. That's the the magic of radios that we don't have just a minute or two minutes to look into something important. We can really go there. With your help, 516-620-3602, or give to, that's the number to, WBAI.org. And we've got one more call, because then we're going to uh, talk a little more about uh, about the future. Uh, we've got one more call. Welcome to WBAI. Uh, what's your name, and where are you from? And why are we awesome? Uh, Jim from Home Down, New Jersey. Welcome. What's on your mind? Uh, am I the only one that sees a problem with our justice system? that basically sells the justice to the highest bidder? Don't we understand that you cannot make justice a lucrative business? Because that is the root of corruption. All our, all our elected officials are lawyers. It's all double talk, double speak. It's all lies, like Barr in front of you lying to us. But because he's a power lawyer, he can get away with it. So you're selling our justice. They are, we are selling our justice. Which sells us all out. Okay, so what's because the first? Obviously, we're not going to. You know, we can't fix it all in one. We can't fix it all in one go. But what's the first thing that you would do to fix it? Well, we, you, you can't. I don't know, but you've got to fix something because it doesn't work. It's broken. You can't have a, a system built on being of bribing your, your your justice system. That is That's true. exactly what you're doing. Thank so you, you have a lawyer who can get you off of anything because you have money. You got money by robbing people. Now you got a lawyer who can get you off. I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like Trump, he gets sued. He, he steals a hundred million. Mm -hmm. He gets sued. He pays twenty, twenty thousand. You know what I mean? This goes on at every angle. It's yeah, great, absolutely no. And I think look, people obviously are frustrated. That's another thing that's really, really great about about. Uh, community radio and listener supported radio is that you can call in and talk about these things you know do you get to call up your local uh, television station or you know do you get to call up the uh, you know the the major newspaper and tell them exactly what's on your mind I mean we are giving you literally on WBAI we give you our phone number so you can call in and talk to us directly about what's on your mind what you're concerned about in your community and I think that's an opportunity that's really special and that's why uh, we ask for your help to keep it going. It's as easy as just picking up your smartphone right now and texting WBAI to 41444. 
So I know we're going to have to wrap up shortly, and I said we're going to talk about the future on some uh, future shows. Uh, We have an opportunity with New York State Senator Andrew Gennardis. This is his first term. Who's going to come in studio and sit with us the same way New York City Councilman Rafael Espinal did a few weeks ago and take your calls in a few weeks. And I've also heard from the First Lady's Office, City of New York. Nice. Not Melania. Working uh, on that. City of New York. uh, That uh, she's going to be one of our guests coming up in the next few weeks as well. And, of course... The author of Divided Politics, Divided Nation, Daryl West, uh, will also be on our show uh, in the next few weeks as well. Absolutely. So we really appreciate your listenership. We'd like to thank our guests today, Patrick Jenkins and Greg Lasek, uh, as well as our engineer, James. Uh, We appreciate, of course, all of their work, but we appreciate the most you, our listeners. I was truly, truly heartened to hear from people today that they're enjoying the program, that you're that they're getting something out of WBAI programming. And I know I you know, I would get killed if I did not mention this. I want to wish a happy birthday to my mother in law, Marilyn Kiros. Happy birthday, Mrs. Kiros. I'm going to have to cut this clip and send it to her so she knows I did this. I know we should have a little. She's in Chicago, little... and I don't think she knows how to live stream. So <laughs> no, don't. But that's. But you know what? Conveniently enough, if she missed this program, she can always check it out again on wbai.org, on SoundCloud, or on iTunes. But remember the number to call to keep us on the air: five one six six two zero three six zero two. You can go to give two. That's the number two. Give two wbai.org, or you can just go to wbai.org and look for the donation button it's real easy to see we are trying to raise again seventy five hundred dollars today and we're getting close and we are and i'm very excited by the way i really really am excited i know i sound a little uh you know a, a, a little loopy here but in all seriousness um being on being on the radio here at WBAI, the people that I've met, the people I've worked with, including Jeff, including Jeff uh, and James, it's meant a lot to me. And it means a lot to me to keep this going and to be able to bring you uh, all the politics and public policy issues that we can. Please do give us your support. We appreciate it. 516-620-3602. We are Driving Forces with Jeff Simmons and Celeste Katz. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next week. Coming up at the top of the hour here on WBAI, the WBAI Evening News with Paul Dorienzo. Stay tuned. anniversary of the birth of the legendary musician and activist Pete Seeger. Pete had a rich history over the years with WBAI among many organizations, and we will celebrate his life on that day with special programming from 9 a.m. till midnight. 
programs with him from our archives and others ranging from the early 60s to 2013, conversations with people who had connections to him and lots of his music and wisdom. If you're a Pete fan or want to know more about him, you won't want to miss it. So once again, Friday, May 3rd, a celebration of Pete Seeger here on WBAI from 9 a.m. till midnight. Check for Cat Radio Cafe. Uh, testing. Testing. Stay tuned for Cat Radio Cafe Sunday night at 11 on WBAI. I'm Janet Coleman. I'm David Dozer. The Displaced Playwright on Sunday, May 5th. Director Steve Cosson and playwright Claire Kishel in a piece about her great-granduncle, Paul Swan is dead and gone, now playing at Torn Page Event Space. And artist provocateur Robert Senadella on Senadella's Communist Manifesto Illustrated. His collaboration with Karl Marx. And in the next hour of Cat Radio Cafe... A panel on slang, jargon, and shop talk. Sunday night at 11 on WBAI, Cat Radio Cafe. And remember our slogan. Do cats dig slang? Hip cats. The time now is 6 o'clock on WBAI New York.